if I could get Wichita to realize anything, it is the value of the startups here in town. Welcome to another episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. My name is Landon. Today's sponsor is Il Primo Espresso Cafe. Il Primo is one of my favorite coffee shops in Wichita. Their location on the east side at Central and Woodlawn offers a comfy atmosphere, local art, and a great cup of coffee. Go check out Il Primo today. Today's guest is Lacey Leatherman. Lacey is the CEO and founder of ZipSip. ZipSip is a premier beverage holder, but it's the only one on the market with a zipper on both sides allowing it to hold everything from a can or a slim can to a solo cup or a bottle. Enjoy my conversation with Lacey Leatherman. All right, I'm here with Lacey Leatherman. How are you doing today, Lacey? I am doing well, thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, so I actually, when I first heard about your company, I was at the um, Pitch Battles. I think it was in December, November. It's the Startup Grind Pitch Battles at um, Groover Labs. It was, it was like last November or December. And Jason Taves mentioned, he's like, you got to interview Lacey. I don't know if you know Jason, but he's at least yeah. aware of your company. So um, I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. And then I ran into Hannah at Wichita State, your assistant. And so just really wanted to get this kicked off. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Can you tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself and then we can dive into your background? Yep. So thanks for the introduction. Again, my name is Lacey and I am the CEO and founder of LML Ventures, and one of our brands is Sip Brands, and we have a Zip Sip product. So the brand is built on the IP of the only adjustable koozie on the market. Okay. So that's the quick overview. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and just to go a little bit further back, so you went to Kansas State, is that correct? Yep. So grew up down in Mulvane, mm -hmm. and then I went to Kansas State, and have a business degree from Kansas State. After Kansas State, I moved down to Mississippi for a couple years and oh, then wow. spent some time in Texas before I moved back up to Wichita. Mm -hmm. And I had started a clothing brand called Heartland Heritage. And Zip Sip spun out of that product development, which is a really fun story. Very cool. Um, do you still run the Heartland Heritage? So that company is put on hold. It will okay. be back and it will be better than ever. Okay. But I'll take two steps back and tell you the quick story. So I was yeah. sitting at Interest Bank Arena mm -hmm. right here in Wichita. And I had my favorite Heartland Heritage koozie mm -hmm. and a bottle of beer. And I wish I remembered what I was drinking. <laughs> and so then I was on a date and the guy gets up and says, you want one more? I said, we're going to Uber. Yeah, sure. Bring me another beer. Sure. So he comes back with a draft beer in a solo cup. And so now I have my Heartland Heritage koozie completely obsolete in my left hand yeah. and a cold, sweaty solo cup in my right. And I'm looking at this arena full of people thinking, surely I'm not the only one. Right? Right. Someone yeah. else is mad that they have an obsolete koozie in their pocket or their purse. And I've just got to think, why has nobody fixed this? So we did some product development. I went home the next day, made some prototypes. My dad actually helped. <laughs> uh, he does some like leather work on mm -hmm. horse harnesses and that kind of stuff. So he had big needles and we could rip koozies open and test some stuff out. So he helped, uh, he's an old tool designer. So he helped with some of the trigonometry and stuff to get it to fit yeah. the solo cup. And 
we had a blast. We couldn't get them back from my friends. They said these are great for tailgating or concerts. We got to have more. And so then I decided to file the patents mm-hmm. and then made a promise to myself that if the patents were ever official, we would jump full time into Zip Zip. And that's when Heartland Heritage got put on hold. Sure. Uh, that's, that's a really cool story. Um, how many iterations did you go through to get to the current and can you describe it? So I'll try to post some pictures of this with um, the podcast, but for people that are just listening, what exactly, how is it adjustable? Yeah, we'll take, uh, I'll try to post a video too, or I'll give you a link yeah, absolutely. to how one works. So the zip zip is a koozie with a zipper on each side mm-hmm. with a gusset in the middle of the zipper. Mm-hmm. And so that allows it to fit anything from a slim can to regular cans and bottles to a pint glass, just an insider tip on the pint glass. You can kind of <laughs> use each zipper halfway up. You can put them at any position, but the pint glass really fits best if you have one zipper all the way up and one zipper all the way down. Sure. And then anything like a red Solo cup, obviously you unzip both sides and it'll fit a Solo cup perfectly. Cool. Do you, do you have one with you right now? Yeah. Because um, I'll probably put this on YouTube. So if you want to show that, there we go, the yes. two zippers. And So was the, the original idea, was a zipper always included or were there other ways you were thinking about it? So we do have a couple more pending mm-hmm. prototypes uh, and patents. So there will be more things than a zipper. Sure. The utility patent covers those, so I will own Very those. Very cool, well. yeah. Um, but so here it is on the, like wow, a yeah. Cup. That's incredible, yeah. And then... Hannah's got a can sitting over here. And then you just zip up each side and it will go. Yeah. I wish I had a slim can. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good idea though. It's like the simplest idea. How it's one of those ideas that you kick yourself like after shark tank or something. That's like, how did I not think of that? I just got tired of cold hands and hot beer. So yeah, it's the, the necessities of life that make the best <laughs> inventions. Yeah. Um, so just to take one step back real quick. So you said um, L- LML Ventures and then yes. under that is Zip Brands. So and then this is Zip Zip. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. Yeah, go for it. So Heartland Heritage is under kind of that umbrella and then Zip Brands because mm-hmm. we are also coming out um, with a few other fun products. Sure. Uh, but the Zip Zip XL. Okay. We'll be out very, very soon. We have some prototypes. They need a little tweaking, but it'll fit big 32-ounce, large pint glasses, and then, you know, your drive-through to-go cups, like the Sonic Cup. Or wow, yeah. Cup or... So same concept, larger size. And then, so that, so Sip Brands is uh, the company that, and Zip Sip is the registered trademark of the patented product. And then I also have another company that <coughs> spun out of Heartland Heritage as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a U.S. and international patent that is a hat closure. I figured out a way to make a snapback hat fit like a flex fit. Oh, very cool. That'd be handy. Um, yeah. So that one's uh, sitting there too. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So you've got all kinds of ideas popping up. and uh, yeah. So can you walk me through? So you get the idea, interest bank concert. Mm-hmm. You start making some prototypes, give them to your friends. Mm-hmm. You get some feedback. And then um, – we, the next step, I guess, walk me through the patent process. What does that process look like for people that don't know? So that is actually a long process. Be prepared for it to be a long process. Definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually partnered with Wichita State yeah. on the cap closure, their new gateway to IP program. And I cannot say enough great things uh, about Mr. Gerlach and everybody over there. I love Rob. Yeah. Uh, he's been helpful. But uh, that's now when I was 
uh, started this process. It was a couple years ago, two years ago. So sure. I had reached out. It was a funny Mulvane connection, a small, small town, Kansas connection. Uh-huh. And uh, a guy that I serve on a board with son is uh, an attorney at Dorsey Whitney. And they're one of the top firms in the country. And they uh-huh. also have offices in China, Germany, Canada. And so um, I went with them and just kind of laid out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. And um, my dad had helped me with some of the drawings. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of had a head start and filed the patents. And then it was, it's just a waiting game. You got to be sure. patient. I could have gone and launched it then. Uh, that was just a personal decision yeah. not to wait until they were final. So you did wait though. That's, that's yeah. interesting. Because I think a lot of people would be like, okay, well, I don't know. Again, my frame of reference for the most part is Shark Tank. So they're mm-hmm. like, we have this patent pending idea. They might not right. necessarily have the patent in place. And so is that more yeah. than to protect yourself so that you're covered the basis? So if somebody does see it and before it's patented, maybe they tweak something and rip it off. I think it was a little bit of that. A little yeah. bit of I was still busy with Heartland Heritage. Sure. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And kind of a combination of both. Sure. When did you, when was the first kind of initial idea at that concert? Well, that was 2017. Okay. So a couple years back. Yeah. And so, and then, so the patents were official late summer, uh, fall, really 2018. Okay. And then, so 2019, we launched January 2019 in the promotional products industry. Mm-hmm. And so one thing all your viewers and listeners are going to see is that we don't, we haven't done a lot of social media. Right. Basically, we're at like zero marketing. So when we launched in the promotional products industry, it was just Hannah and I in the beginning. Yeah. Um, I pulled her on board pretty early. That's awesome. Yeah. So we went to that promotional product show and we were one of the top new products right out of the gate. And so it was everything we could do to fulfill orders and kind of understand that process in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we were starting from, from scratch. And yeah. so getting that down uh, took the first half of 2019 really. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, we're, Pretty likely we brought some large national chains, big corporate accounts on board. We switched to wholesale, um, not completely. We're still doing promotional product stuff, mm-hmm. wholesale industry, and then some large uh, multi-chain or multi-location uh, stores. We've got sure. them on board. So now we're going to go direct to consumer too. Yeah. Which is why I'm thrilled to be on the podcast now. Yeah, absolutely. We're really going to start doing um, some marketing. Very cool. Um Let's see which way do I want to take. There's so many different ways you could take this. Um, just one real quick question about the patent. Um, yeah. So you mentioned, and I read a little bit, that you have the U.S. and the international patents. It, yeah. Is there, again, I don't know much about patents, but do most people, do they go for both of those? Or is it difficult to get both versus just getting like a U.S. patent? For me, it was the gamble. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did it was not that I would ever, you know, not that Lacey Leatherman in Mulvane, Kansas was ever going to enforce a Chinese patent, but let's say mm-hmm. Koozie comes to me in a few years. <laughs> the yeah. that, you know, Lacey Leatherman, we know you want to do Heartland Heritage and be in Mulvane, Kansas. Why don't you let us have ZipSip? I did that to make my company more valuable. Yeah, sure. In the long run. So for me, it was a play five, 10 years out, not an <clears throat> type of thing. Sure. So is your five year, five to 10 year plan, you probably run it up to that point and then do you want to hand it off as a business or do you keep zip brands and then lease out the, the patent idea? That we are, um, 
Well, see what falls under the Zip Brands umbrella. Mm-hmm. I think Zip Zip is such a cool product. And one of the biggest problems as a startup mm-hmm. that I'm facing right now is there are so many channels that we've jumped in with the Zip Zip. In 2019, we were in really hard. We threw a lot of stuff against the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great news and the bad news is that it all stuck. We had success with the <laughs> product channel. And, you know, everything from mom and pop water parks in Ohio to the big, you know, stores with 1,200 locations. Um, and then we did collegiate licenses. So the Wichita State ones are yeah. on their way. So we're officially licensed with brands like Mossy Oak now, Wichita State, Kansas State. Wow. Um, so there's a whole lot of channels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I, I'm definitely licensing out the technology for the promotional products channel. Um, and then we're really seeing what partners we want to bring on board for some of those others. Gotcha. So is it, so you said it started out just you and Hannah. What does the team look like now? How many Is it just you two still or what's the team look like? So I do have positions open. Um, there's been a couple other members that have come and gone, and we do a lot of contract work, um, mm-hmm. bookkeeper, and then uh, account manager. We have an account manager now, and then graphic designers. We mm-hmm. are looking for way more graphic designers. So if anybody wants to design some zip zips, uh, call me because we're always looking for great graphic design. Sure. And then um, you know, we have consultants on the ground overseas checking on production. We have uh, importers in Kansas City now that are on board. So it's uh, we're growing. Yeah. Where do you, so you mentioned overseas, where do you, is it in China or where, where do you produce them at? Yeah. So right now in China and mm-hmm. then um, we're obviously looking for some supply chain outside of China. Yeah. But we started in China um, and I had a really great conversation with a mentor early in my career. And, it, you know, I, I'm from Mulvane, Kansas. My dad is a veteran. You know, if, if I could figure out how to get him made here, I would. Yeah. But he, I had a really good conversation with a mentor early on about the cost of a zip zip and the value of a zip zip. So while the cost to produce it is small, my graphic design jobs are here. My account manager jobs are here. My sales jobs are here. My bookkeeping jobs are here. Right. Um, you know, how much we're creating in the U.S. Um, is really neat. So, mm-hmm. while I, well, it's not ideal that the zip zips are made overseas. Um, I couldn't create the value in the U.S. if I had to pay a higher price. Right, that makes so sense. That that cost of a zip zip allows me to create more jobs and add more value here in the U.S. Right. So, what does a zip zip cost then? If I was going to go to I don't know, wherever I could buy it in Wichita or on Amazon, what does it cost? Yeah. So right now on Amazon, they're nine dollars and ninety five cents. Mm-hmm. So compared to a typical koozie, yes, that is a little higher. Uh, They're all dye sublimated. Obviously, our cost is higher. We have zippers and canvas, and the production cost is definitely higher than Mm -hmm. that. But we we do have a special coupon code for your listeners. Yeah. So it is 20ICT Life. So that gives you 20% off a zip zip. Cool. So $9.95, you get 25% off on Amazon. Everything we're doing right now is we are fulfilling through Amazon. So okay, perfect. I'm going to send everybody to Amazon for mm-hmm. now. And we have a couple of stores in Wichita that are coming on board as soon as we get some of the Wichita flag and shocker ones in stock. Oh, yeah. We can kind of get out of this supply chain crisis. We will yeah, for sure. have some great ones at a few locations here in Wichita. 
Yeah. Just a quick side note. Is that affecting business a lot with all the pandemic stuff going on? Yes. So it is right now. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, it is. been crazy. So from a supply chain standpoint, the Chinese new year, everybody shuts down. The Chinese coronavirus followed that. And then the U S China, the U S crisis kind of followed that. So We were supposed to have the Wichita State ones in our hands beginning of February. Um, and they are just now on their way. If right. we can get them out, everything right now is has to be essential. Uh, so right. that's not looking real great <laughs> this week. Right. So, yeah, it, it's been, you know, we had a couple of big weddings we did zip zips for, and those have been postponed. Thank goodness not canceled. Right. Um, we can't wait to celebrate, for them to celebrate. So... It has been a shift and that's, um, you know, we had a huge convention. We were supposed to be buried in wholesale orders this week, huge convention in Vegas last week that we were so excited to attend and that has really shifted our business. So that's why we're really going to focus on some of the social media now and, and really go direct to consumer. Yeah, that sounds great. When, so you or send an order from China or put in an order from China, it goes to, is it Kansas city? Is that what you said? Or where does it go from yeah. there? So depending on how big it is. Mm-hmm. So we are working on an order for potentially bringing us across for an NFL team. So awesome, those will yeah. come to Kansas City and then go straight to their distribution center. And we will we won't ever see those in Wichita or Mulvane. Um, some of the smaller orders, orders of a hundred for a fundraiser, the promotional product stuff that we're still handling ourselves, mm-hmm. we air that stuff straight in Wichita. Okay, cool. I was wondering how much of the product you actually physically touch and that kind of thing. So let's There's see. been a few that I've wanted to see we've drop shipped and I haven't. Yeah. And they've been some of the coolest ones, so I'm sad I didn't get to pull one out of the box. Sure. Because um, there's usually an extra in there. Do you have any idea ballpark? I mean, I'm sure you have exact numbers, but could you give us a ballpark number? Like how many zip zips have you sold in the past couple of years? Oh, thousands. Um Quite put, a few. put you on the spot there, but just kind yeah, of curious. No, how, thousands. Yeah, yeah thousands. that's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, do you guys have an office in town or is this still pretty early startup type deal? So we have put an offer in on an office. Building. Awesome. That's so a big we step. Are growing. Yeah. When we've got yeah. five or six people working, well, four during the day, um, the home office does not cut it. So we right. are ready to expand, ready for space. The building that we put the offer in on does have room for all of the LMLV companies. So Harlan Heritage will have a retail storefront downstairs. Oh, awesome. All the offices upstairs and then room for photo shoots and some inventory and that kind of stuff. So we're excited. Awesome. So hopefully, I mean, fingers crossed that goes through, but let us know and we can definitely promote kind of where that's at so people can come check out the storefront and everything. That's really cool. Uh, So a question I always have um, for startup companies is investors. So did you, I mean... I think most people know maybe not how much it costs, but like the patent process isn't cheap. It's not cheap right. to kind of get stuff off the ground. Did you have investors? Um, what did that process look like? So with Heartland Heritage, I poured everything I had into it to get it to the point where we were in a few stores. We had been in a few stores. We're doing well. You know, I had some campus reps at some colleges mm-hmm. and, um, in the Midwest, Iowa, Illinois, and to the point where that was ready to expand. And then 
through Startup Grind, mm-hmm. I had some mentors and I asked for a whole lot of advice before I ever asked for money. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make. Um, so now that I've had these mentors for three, four years, I'll, you know, we have a confidential enough relationship that, you know, people will come ask them for money out of the blue. And I know that that happens, but it's nothing, it's something I never considered. Right. I never considered asking for investment from somebody who I wasn't comfortable being part of the business. Sure. That makes so sense. that for me, it was a long, a much longer process. Mm-hmm. Some of that advice that you received from um, those mentors, what, what is some of the best advice that you've received from them or what would you pass on to somebody if they had an idea like this or anything like that? Um, the nugget about the value you create in a product versus where it's made is, is something that has stuck with me forever. Mm-hmm. So that was the, a great one. Um, a lot about trusting your gut. A lot of these things, you know, I have been awarded a Chinese patent. That was one of those things I got advice not to do. Really? But for me... They weren't seeing my end game. You know, they weren't seeing that I want to sell to the Bic Corporation or Koozie, or they didn't really understand that process, mm-hmm. uh, or at least what it looked like in my mind. And that was just a gut thing. And so when I was awarded that, you know, it's downstairs in a frame and <laughs> it's something I'm really proud of, but it's because I trusted my gut. And so if there's anybody out there with a product or an idea, my biggest piece of advice is to just. Trust your gut because you know you're planning your business more than anybody and just run with that. Sure. One question I have too. So you kind of slow played it with getting the patent and then launching the company. Um, You had other stuff to work on in the meantime, but what if somebody just has like a product idea? So they think up the zip, the next zip zip. Okay. That's not a company. That's an idea. Mm-hmm. What are the? What would be the next effort? Would it be just going for the patent, the next idea, or what? What do you think the next step for them would be? Call Rob over at <laughs> <laughs> Call Rob over at WSU. Get in the Gateway to IP program because that um, what I didn't have in the beginning is that they work their firm that they partner with works with the students to really do some of the due diligence that took me too long in the beginning. I tried to do some of it myself. Yeah. Um, so they can kind of speed up that process. For mm-hmm. you. Okay. And then figure out really if you have something or you don't. Okay. Perfect. And so how developed does that idea need to be? Could it be as simple as just, Hey, I have this idea that I thought of, or does it need to have, I mean, I feel like, on my end, if I, if it was me, for example, I would want to have a little bit more mapped out than just an idea. Right. Um, a part of me wants to say yes, and a part of me wants to say no. When I had, you know, when I had the idea for Zip Zip, you know, I don't, I didn't under, I didn't understand how big of a business it was going to be in five years. Sure. And if I had worried about having the business before the product, I think that would have handicapped me in a way that I wouldn't have been so confident in just the idea. Okay. For me, it was more of a, let's make the product and we'll figure out, We I'm sure we can figure out a way to sell it. Sure. Okay. So yeah. don't get too bogged down in having the business all figured out if you have an idea and a prototype. Cool. Awesome. That was um, my biggest advice there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
just real quick question. What do you think of, or what is the current status of kind of the startup entrepreneurial scene in Wichita? So I've interviewed a couple of the guys Mm -hmm. here in town, um, but what's your take on it, especially as kind of a woman in the startup industry? I know there's, I mean, in general, not a whole lot of women founders, CEOs, but they're starting to be more and more, which is really awesome. But what is the the status of that environment look like right now in Wichita? In Wichita, it's it's phenomenal. I don't have the experience of knowing what it's like in Tulsa or Kansas City or Omaha, but the people who are plugged in in Wichita are very plugged in. Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple I've called before trade shows that say, hey, how do you handle this? Or that have had different experiences. And we really help each other out. And I think that's one of the things that's contributing the openness and the willingness of the startups and the young businesses in Wichita to help each other are, I, I, I can't imagine it being anybody anywhere else really. Yeah, absolutely. I think, even, I mean, I don't really have, this isn't really a business, but as a podcast that talks to a lot of those people, mm-hmm. it's been cool just to see how willing and open everyone is to help, whether it's, I mean, Steven Werner or Trevor Crotz or Jocelyn, any of them is really cool. Like everyone's like, Hey, if you need anything, let me know. Like, here's my cell phone number. Give me a text. It's pretty cool to see how open everyone is. And I think that kind of started with the original E to E and we kind of all have grown up together, but we have noticed land. I don't want to speak for everybody kind of in our circle, but there's a lot of new stuff out there and we want more people to reach out, join the club, you know, I wouldn't really call us a club, but, um, you know, we do see each other at Startup Grind. We do call each other for advice. We do help each other out. And um, there was a few companies that we had seen lately and we're like, oh, we didn't even know they existed. So right. um, it's it's somewhere you want to be. So if there's anybody out there that's not plugged in to a, a startup group or an entrepreneur group in Wichita, please join us. I think that, that's some of the feedback I've gotten from other people as well. Like it's an awesome core group that's doing it right now, but there just needs to be more. Like just yes. everybody keep feeding in, get plugged in if you yep. have any inkling of interest. So yep. yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you have anything else to touch on for zip sip or anything like that before we move on to kind of the next portion? Not off the top of my head. That's all right. If you we think of something else, yeah, for sure. It's a really cool story. I'm honestly, I had never heard of it until Jason told me. So I'm really glad that we got connected. Um, what is something that you often recommend to people, whether a book or a podcast or anything like that? For anybody who needs to have a product made outside of the U.S., there's a book that I read called Selling to China, and it was recommended to me um, that as getting things produced there that I kind of read it in reverse almost. Mm -hmm. But that really helps you understand kind of their mindset. And so I read that really early and it's definitely helped me work with factories, have conversations with representatives from factories, knowing kind of their mindset in communist China in that business world, Mm -hmm. how it differs from my experience from a, capitalist America, small town startup, and being able to not only understand, but have conversations that'll move the needle mm-hmm. with the, with that basic understanding has really helped. So I, 
Every year I go talk at a Kansas State entrepreneurship class, kind of as a guest speaker. I always mm-hmm. recommend that book. It has helped me a ton. Okay. Uh, do you have any, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot either, but any key takeaways from that? Because I do know, I mean, obviously our government and how we <laughs> interact with things is just a lot different than China. Do you have any one or two just quick points off the top of your head from either that book or just your experience? Right. The biggest thing I took away from that book is that they, they're business environment isn't stable. They could be shut down tomorrow. Kind of unlike the US yeah, yeah. going to come in and seize it tomorrow. We have different laws and regulations and rules. So they're uncertain. That uncertainty in that business environment is what can create challenges. Okay. Not ill will or I mean it's it's more the uncertainty that drives the uncertainty is what drives their decisions. Yeah. And so once you understand that, you can have conversations that are helpful. Okay. Have you had any issues with that kind of instability with whether being your producer, have you had to like switch to a different producer last minute or anything like that? I haven't yet. Um, my zip zip factory has been on board super early. They produced my original Heartland heritage koozies. Oh, very cool. And so I've been with them a long time. So I, I had sent them, um, you know, some paperwork to said, Hey, I have a thing. <laughs> I need some prototypes. Um, so as, as far as I know, um, there's not been anything crazy that has been brought to my attention that would had have to cause me to do that. Um, I have been over there. I spent a couple weeks over there mm-hmm. a couple years ago that helped with my understanding. So I would say Thank goodness. Um, right. Not cool. That's awesome. Um, do you have a favorite failure in any aspect of your life? It could be Zip Zip or Heartland Heritage or anything, really. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to have to get back to you on this one. Oh, that's fine. No big deal That's going to be an email of saying, oh, I should have <laughs> included this. Because um, I really have learned so much from my failures. Um. And I think the biggest one early, one of my biggest failures early is I didn't understand the emotional roller coaster of entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that's an exact pinpoint. I just think that was one of my shortcomings early is that I didn't understand how crazy up and down a day can be. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't get easier, but the longer that you're in business as a startup or as an entrepreneur, it gets easier to manage those emotional ups and downs. Yeah. So I, and I was terrible at it in the beginning. (laughs) I don't get too rattled about crazy stuff anymore. Big cancellations or this or that. It's all kind of a wash now, but very Mm -hmm. early on as an entrepreneur, that was one of my biggest failures is not managing that roller coaster. Sure. Just the emotional intelligence. um, I was aware of, but definitely have grown in. Yeah. I think that just reminded me of a quote and I'm probably going to misquote it, but uh, Elon Musk has a quote that says something along the lines of like being an entrepreneur or starting a business is like chewing on glass and staring into the abyss or something like that. <laughs> just reminded me of that quote, but um, what is That's your good. Def- I'm going to find that. Yeah, exactly. Um, what is your definition of success? Oh man. My definition of success is to get people to call a zip, zip, a zip, zip, and not a koozie. 
when somebody says that's when you know you'll make it you've made it that's when i know that i've moved the needle i've changed the game that people understand it's different so right now one of my biggest challenges is education because we invented the first adjustable drink holder nobody gets it yeah and i didn't see that i'll talk about, let's talk about that failure yeah i didn't see that one coming definitely didn't see that coming um you know, because people will put on a solo cup and then like, oh, I can't zip it up. Leave it down. That's how I keep it. That's the point. So, that's the point. So, um, like, get it. So, n- since nobody's ever seen an adjustable drink holder, ever, I mean, koozie is like a Kleenex. So, when I right. get America to understand the value of an adjustable drink holder, something that'll go, and we, you know, we talk a lot about alcohol, but. I am a big fan of Daily Harvest smoothies. And so I put my Zip Sip on my Daily Harvest smoothie mm-hmm. or Slim Can like a Bywater. Or, you know, we're drinking Waterloo seltzer water today. So uh, ice cream, like the small ice cream pints. I had one mm-hmm. of my sent me a picture that their friends had sent to them, their wedding koozie on like a small ice cream. Yeah. They're like, hey, my hand's not getting cold. So, um, that will be success to me is when people stop calling it a koozie um, and when everybody knows a zip zip is a zip zip. Sure. Well, to that point, I don't know if I even knew the drink holder wasn't called a koozie. I didn't realize right. that was like the brand. I thought that's what it was. So mm-hmm. we will educate the masses. That's what, the, that's what we're here for. Yeah. So uh, what is a habit that you've developed over the past few years that's most improved your life or your businesses? Oh, these are great questions. One of the, I make it a habit to meet with mentors regular, to run business ideas by them, figure out what I'm missing. Um, I have another habit of pivoting when I need to. Mm-hmm. So I think those are kind of the two biggest things. Um, meet with people smarter than you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> as often as you can, for sure. Which is another good plug for Startup Grind or yes. Connecting ICT or any of those groups. Is yep. There's a lot of smart people there. So Yeah. Uh, so just a couple questions about Wichita and we'll kind of wrap okay. it up. But what is your favorite part of Wichita or do you have a favorite hidden gem in Wichita? It, some people say restaurants. Some people say anything. So What I love about Wichita is I can get anywhere that I need to get easily. I can fly anywhere but man, I love coming back here. Yeah. You know, I can fly to Nashville for a meeting or, you know, whatever I need to do relatively easily and then come back to this sense of community, this little bit slower pace. Um, that's really my favorite thing. Yeah, I agree. We, we moved away for about nine months um, for mm-hmm. my job. We moved down to Corpus Christi, Texas. And we just really missed Wichita. That's kind of how I started the whole Wichita life deal was because I'm like, man, we yeah. miss this and there's a lot to offer. But a lot of people don't realize that until they move away. So I think you probably got that appreciation as well once you left for college and then to Mississippi yeah. and Texas and then finally coming back. You get yeah. the extra appreciation for it. Yep. Um, is there anything you wish Wichita had that it doesn't or what would you improve about Wichita? I think if I could get Wichita to realize anything, it is 
the value of the startups here in town. I think people underestimate the value, the creativity, um, and some of these, the small, the value of the entrepreneur community. I think people kind of overlook it because they're like, surely nothing cool is coming out of Wichita. You know, we've got the big boys, the Cokes and the Cargills. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people in town that are really starting to make that bridge. But as far as investment opportunities, that kind of stuff, there's so many great startups in Wichita. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing I could change or get people to see, I mean, it kind of is a roundabout way to answer your question, and I'm sorry. But no, it's great. If there's one thing I could change, it would be getting people to realize uh, the value that's here. Yeah, absolutely. And that it is a great place to, to start a business. Yeah. Um, what does Wichita mean to you? Uh, it means home, really. I've been asked, I was asked by a venture capital guy out of Omaha, why Wichita? Why Mulvane? Yeah. And my simple answer was, because I can. Why not? And so I think that attitude, you know, for me, I wouldn't go anywhere else. I mean, it's just not an option because of the support system in Wichita, the ecosystem, the mentors. It really is all here. And so there's really not a need for me to go somewhere else. And it's just home. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, so just real quick, just to kind of uh, promote some of the stuff, where can people find Zip Sip on social media? Um, and I'll link up all this stuff yeah. in the Amazon as well. So we are at Original Zip Sip, Original Z-I-P-S-I-P on all the social media. So Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Go ahead and follow us now because it's going to get fun. Uh, like I said, there's not a lot there because there hasn't needed to be, you know, we had to get a lot of stuff straight in the business um, before we were really ready to go do some marketing and push this out to the public. But we, mm-hmm. were, we finally turned that corner. So at Original Zip Zip on all the social media and then Amazon, um, if you just search Z-I-P-S-I-P, no spaces, um, you will find the Zip Zips there on Amazon and then we'll have to post a follow-up link or something uh, when we nail down the locations here in Wichita. Perfect. And I will definitely promote the uh, coupon code as well. So Yeah, 20 ICT Life. Perfect. Awesome. Lacey, thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, we'll definitely have to get you back on in a few months or a few years when Perfect. things are really yeah. booming. So thanks again. Right. Great. Thanks so much. Bye. You as well. Bye. Thank you again to everyone that listened to this episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. If you enjoyed, please rate and review our podcast on whatever app you use. If you have any recommendations, please reach out at wichitalifeict at gmail.com. Thanks again.